Hey fam, welcome to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am your host, Tony Collier, and each series we lean into the stories of women and men that uncover their brokenness and practically show us all how they've rebuilt their lives with hope and grit. Come on, come on, let's lean in. people it's tony and we are here with another episode of the still coloring podcast we're in a series right now called embracing pain and i have got a really special guest joe saxton she is what i would call a mentor and hopefully she is gonna accept that title but i mean we'll just never know but she has helped me with so many different aspects of my life in leadership as a woman in ministry it's just been incredible she talks about dysfunction in her previous church and healing from pain in that church uh, experience i mean it is a raw gritty probably familiar to some of you episode about what it looks like to be in a church that's supposed to be worshiping God that has a vertical posture to him but that's also absolutely broken with broken crazy human beings the question is what do we do after we've been hurt by the very place that we're supposed to be receiving healing and miracles and community from How do we get back up? How do we grieve really well? And what are our next steps to inviting Jesus to meet us right where we are? This is a real good episode. It's also really, really hard. So make sure that you share this episode with someone. Maybe unpack it with someone if you're feeling some emotions. Maybe even go to your counselor and be like, hey, this kind of triggered some spiritual manipulation. Church hurting me. I need some help. Whatever you need to do, you know that I'm always about the most healed whole version of you. Redemption is available. Check it out. Hey, what's up, family? We are here with another episode of the Still Coloring Podcast. Season two is on and popping. Okay, we've had some incredible guests, and I am so excited about our guest today for so many reasons. I mean, she's an author and speaker, podcaster. She's got an incredible organization slash event called the Azer Collective that I have actually personally been to, and we will talk all about it in this episode so that you can get your life together. But aside from all that, she is I'm going to just say it. She's I feel like she's my mentor. She has not um, mm. claimed that. Uh, and, you know, it could get real awkward real fast. She could pop on here and be like, I ain't your mentor, sis. I don't know what you're talking about. But she's been a mentor figure in my life, helping me navigate so many things, but specifically navigating being a woman in leadership, using my voice and that's been a hard thing for me. I have not had anyone kind of coach and cultivate me in that area, but this guest has. I have the one and the only Joe Saxton in the building. Joe, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. That's a very kind introduction. Thank you it's so much. It's the truth. I didn't have to read no fancy bio, okay? These are like real true things. You have actually helped to cultivate my voice and my leadership in so many ways and helped me get my finances together one time. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I come to you for everything. I'm, I'm surprised that you're not like, okay, sweet girl, you're going to have to go to somebody else for another part of your life. Um, but you've been that for me, Joe, and I'm, I'm really excited that you're on the podcast. Me too. Okay, we're talking about pain today, okay? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! Pain! And we've been talking about pain all season. And the reason why I chose this is, um, as you know, Joe, I've got a new book. Uh, uh, it's just a crazy, brave enough to be broken, but it's all about embracing pain and finding hope and healing from that. And I just kind of believe that we have to go through some hard stuff sometimes to get on the other side to glory, okay? That hope rises from the dirt, 
okay? And one of the questions that I've been asking every single guest that has thrown some people off guard, but I feel like you're about to nail it, is what has been one of the most painful parts of your life, of your story? Cool. I wish I didn't have many to choose from, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because there have been some, um, but I I think for the purposes of our conversation, I would probably think of the pain of betrayal. Oh, gosh. We Um, haven't talked about that. I'm sorry, I didn't warn you, did I? (laughs) God, dog it. I would say one of the most painful things, in fact, I was probably just talking to the Lord about it just a couple of days ago Mm. in terms of where am I at and how am I doing with this? In terms of the the betrayal that has been the... I sadly an inevitable part of walking in leadership and calling and ministry. Mm, dang it. Yeah, I think I'd probably say that. Yeah, okay. that's probably been one of the painful things. Well, can you share a little bit with I mean you ain't gotta tell us all your business, but the impact of betrayal is pretty deep and it influences not only our like earthly um, lives, the way that we react to things, but also sometimes like our spiritual lives too. Like betrayal can go real, real deep. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing I'm grateful for is that not all betrayals are created equal. Okay. Um, (laughs) Some things that are are easier to get over. So when I think of the arc of my leadership journey, there were probably some things which were being gossiped about or talked about or talked Mm. about disparagingly, which were painful, but not the worst thing, (laughs) not the worst thing, Um, or um, people necessarily not believing in you. Now, actually, people not believing in you, that is a painful betrayal when you think that they do. Ooh. Um, Okay, well, let's let's talk about it this way. Like, do you feel like some of those betrayals as you've been in leadership and ministry were specific to your gender, like being a woman? Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah, somewhere, yeah. I hate, it's like a part of me that kind of hates that you're, you're like, oh yeah, of course. Like that obviously happens. Like, why is it why is it obviously happening to women? I mean, I think there are I think sometimes there are certain things which are a reflection of people's theology. Sure. Um, sure. And and that's a different conversation, actually. Yeah. I think that, you know, let us all live up to what we've already believed. That's yeah. I, that's not necessarily betrayal if you're all on the same page. Yeah. It's when you don't know what page everybody's on. Um or when people are publicly one page, privately another. Um, oh, when people are threatened by somebody, mm. um, and I and I'm not excluding myself from that. That's I'm. Sure. I think we're all culpable. Yeah. Um, so I think those things come up, uh, and those are in general terms. I think the peak betrayal for me was mm. probably maybe maybe around a decade ago uh, at a church I was based at, which was wonderful until it wasn't. Oh. Gosh, a lot of us have that story. Our church was wonderful until that mug was not. Okay, and actually, the church community were wonderful, yeah. and to this day, they really were. But there was something, or there was a kind of coup of sorts. I often call it a coup of sorts, mm. um, um, where certain leaders wanted more power and opportunity and visibility, yep. and what did not appreciate what the senior leader was doing. I wasn't. I was one of me and my husband were campus pastors. We weren't. Um, we weren't the senior leader, but. but there was so what it was almost like this campaign really of lies being told about you yeah stories being created about you um slander being used Mm. against you i mean just again and again and and to the point where what made it particularly painful is that it went beyond the walls of the church in the end Mm. um to this and not to this to the extent that people who were who weren't part of my church who weren't 
believers necessarily yeah. would come and say, I was defending you today because someone said this about you. Oh. And I said, and I remember one of them saying, I know her life. I see their life. This just isn't true. And trying to explain to someone who isn't a Christian mm. why they needed, to def- why they felt the need to defend you to Christian. I mean, it's just, it was just, it just got real messed up. It just got um, ratchet. And that happened on more than one occasion. <laughs> um, but I think, and and it, to the in the end, a whole group of us on yeah. staff, including, including the senior pastor, decided to leave o- on the same day because what? I, because I what do you do? You yeah. either fight back. Not every and and don't get me wrong. I'm an I'm naturally I don't have a problem with confrontation. Okay, I don't have well, that's great. That's a mind. gift. Okay. I don't have a problem with saying what needs to be said. Yeah. However, yeah. However. In this moment, mm. there are no winners. There are clearly no winners here. Wow. No matter uh, no matter how much you try, and yeah. all it does is make a messy situation way messier. Yeah. And and honestly, as much as I said to the Lord, "How do you feel about me slashing tires?" He oh, said, okay. And yeah. walk away. So. <laughs> Sweet girl. Okay, sweetie. Okay, you're gonna have to calm it down. Okay, I love this conversation because I feel like in a lot of our episodes, we've talked about a lot of personal pain and relationships Mm. and marriage. But let me just tell you, man, we are in this church circuit. We are in this ministry circuit. We are in this leadership circuit. And a lot of people don't talk about pain in the professional or spiritual space. I mm. think what has happened is we have all individually taken all the pain that we've been through in the church and leadership on stages. Mm. And we just kind of like go deal with it with our counselors. But we need yeah. to have these conversations because I do feel like there are healthy and unhealthy ways to process the pain that you yeah. experience in churches and in leadership. And so yeah. I just love it. And I'm hope someone that's listening and watching can say, all right, I left this conversation better equipped and able to handle my pain from these specific types of situations. So if you're looking for a new Bible study, I want to tell y'all about one from my friends at Women of Welcome. Their team has created a real beautiful, simple, and also free, hello somebody, Bible study that can be done individually or even with a group. Women of Welcome is a community dedicated to diving into the whole of scripture to understand God's heart for the immigrant and the refugee. The welcome of Christ was astonishing to the culture around him. I mean, he gave voice to to the speechless, frustrated, the powerful, he humbled the wise. And as Christians, our welcome should be like his, wonderfully surprising, deeply challenging, and firmly rooted in love. Not just love for the people in our neighborhood, the people that look like us, believe like us, talk like us, walk like us, but love for all. Every single human being, all created in the Imago Day, the image of God. What's incredible is that last year I actually got to go to the Mexico border with Women of Welcome, and it was incredible. My eyes were opened, my heart was humbled, compassion grew. I mean, it was beautiful and hard at the same time. Now, when you decide to start following Women of Welcome and learning from them, I want you to know that you will venture into a journey of understanding biblical hospitality in a fresh, and authentic way. Now, a great starting point is their Christ-like welcome study, and you can download it for free today. Spend five weeks in the Word exploring the beautiful welcome of Jesus toward his most beloved creation, human beings. Humans, y'all, we're talking about God's plan A, his daughters and his sons. Now to download your free copy of the Christ-like welcome study, visit womenofwelcome.com slash 
Tony. That's womenofwelcome.com slash Tony for your free Bible study. Go grab it right now and become more like Christ. All right, here's the question. Do you have big goals for 2023? Or are you like me, taking it one day at a time, just trying to stay on top of my crazy to-do lists? Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I'm actually feeling pretty excited about the new year, and that's in part because of the prep dish meal plans I've recently started using. Y'all listen, I don't really like to cook, okay? I just gotta be honest about that. But these meal plans have been helping me cook and enjoy really delicious, healthy meals, even on weeknights. Now, I don't even have to think about what I need to cook okay I let the prep dish team take care of it for me every Friday I receive four meal prep meal plans straight to my inbox gluten-free paleo low carb and super fast which takes just one hour to prep five healthy dinners for the whole week y'all Prepping my week's meals with these time-saving meal plans has been a total game changer for my weeknights. I never have to think about what's for dinner, and I have so much more free time to relax with my family in the evenings. Now, the founder, Allison, is both a dietitian and a chef, and I just love knowing that our meals are not only delicious, but nutritionally balanced as well. Plus, she's a mom, like me, to two little boys, so she gets the need to feed a family without spending hours in the kitchen every night. Now, if you want to serve healthy homemade meals without the stress, the founder Allison is offering my listeners, the Still Coloring Podcast listeners, a free two-week trial to try it out. And you can't beat that, okay? So check out prepdish.com slash Tony for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash T-O-N-I for your first two weeks free. This is is a no-brainer, y'all. I mean, I love free stuff. I love saving time. Go get it done, okay? Here's the question. You left the church, okay? Mm -hmm. You and all the people. Mm -hmm. What were you grieving and what were you longing for as you were transitioning out? I was grieving... um, Oh gosh, there was so much. Mm. I was grieving because it felt so unnecessary. Yeah. It felt so unnecessary. Um, I was grieving that people who I thought were friends weren't, mm. were actually scheming and kind of gleeful about certain things. Mm. Um, I was grieving because there was the collateral damage of people who were friends and just didn't want to get involved. Mm. and just didn't want the mess Apathetic, and so just didn't say anything but that actually meant in practice I lost another set of friends mm. and I and I get it I mean it was at the time I've got to be honest I was in, I felt it was a wrestle with the bitterness on that one because it's like mm. if you know the truth yeah. about me or my friends um or my boss if you know the if you know the truth about us and you're not saying those things what is that costing him what is that costing us yep um, to not be defended yeah that, but at the same time, people were genuinely deeply conflicted mm. and and di- in some ways didn't know what to do because it kind of got out of hand. Mm. And, and also, to, to their credit, I wasn't going to defend myself publicly mm. um, because I couldn't do it. And so I couldn't fight back. I knew before God I couldn't fight back. Mm. Um, and so my thing was... So there, there I was wanting them to say something. Yeah. There they were wanting me to say something. Yeah. No one saying anything. Yeah. Um, and so then there was, a, so that was a, that was a deep loss. Um, um, I think the grieving was, 
I think I was, fr- I mean, I was frustrated with the Lord because I'm like, Lord, I was just going to ask, how does that impact your relationship with God? Our griefs oftentimes in the natural leaks into the spiritual. And yeah, yeah. It, I, I mean, it had been a long road and I, I didn't grow up in the kind of context where I expected all my dreams to come true. Do you know mm. what I mean? And I didn't grow up in the kind of context. Oh, did where... you not grow up in America? Like, what are you doing? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wasn't, you know, I became a Christian in a country where not many people did church. So you were always a little mm. bit on the outside of things. Yeah. Um, you, and I, not with a persecution complex, because sure. I don't think there's a need for one of those, but, um, but I certainly didn't expect Christianity to be easy. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be popular. I didn't expect it would be that you're always belonging because um, I, I didn't expect us to not have social skills either. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It wasn't like, hello, the weirdos. But, yeah. you know, um, but I, I didn't expect this. Hmm. I can't put it any other way is that, that I didn't expect yeah. it to have been so challenging yep. inside the church. Mm. I didn't expect it to be so dysfunctional, so heartbreaking, so vindictive in some, not in everybody's case. Yeah. Not, I, I'm not going to say it, it, this, I, it wasn't true of everybody, but there were some particular emails, particular phone calls, particular yeah. comments that were just vindictive. Um, and, and I, and I think when you're, if you're going to fight back, then you can deal with it. When you, when you're like, I'm just taking, then you're just taking it. You mm. may be doing the right thing, but it doesn't, it didn't mean that all the arrows went some other direction. Yeah. They still, they were still, coming. They still okay. came. They still arrived. Yeah. I'm okay. just taking it. Um, so what do you do with that, that though, Joe? Like, wh- okay. So, I mean, I know that we have people watching right now, myself included, that have been at a church that have felt deeply yeah. betrayed by, for me, it was by the senior pastor, by other people that was connected to him, felt really, mm-hmm. you know, church hurt, spiritually manipulated, all the things. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that pain when God has called you to be in community via the church? What do you do after that? How do you heal? How do you come back? I mean, whew, there are a couple of things. There are some things I did well and some things I did badly. Okay, that's honest. Um, I think one of the best things I did was find a therapist straight away. Yeah. Um, straight away. Um, and just and find some safe places. And it was hard. It's hard to find safe places when you're kind of like paranoid. Oh, yeah. Every single it's like, place. who are you? Who are you? Do you know them? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, that was one of the best things to be able to, but partly just to acknowledge that was needed mm. was the best thing um, for me um, because I was so tired and broken by yeah. it all. Um, and because I think I'd found this, this, just this, the tiredness of this struggle mm. of and And also I, getting the therapy early on reminded me that sometimes with grief, you pick up a whole other griefs and another number of griefs in the way. We've seen that in the pandemic. Oh, you know, what where do you mean it's by like, that? You're like a magnet. It's like a magnet. I think Kurt Thompson wrote about it. There's um, it's like grief is like a magnet and it sucks up all the other ones. So you find yourself grieving mm. multiple things. And it was important for me to That's identify good. that at the beginning, because otherwise I'm hurling back at this place, things which were actually about my childhood or hurling oh. back at this place. Things were actually about two churches before yeah. or some guy in my 20s or all these other things. Oh, that's good. Because betrayal can be a well-worn path, a well-worn path in our lives and Hold a well-worn on. track of pain. Hold on. You know? I think somebody needs – I'm going to break this down real quick, okay, because there's somebody listening right now like, wait, 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 what? 
what I hear you saying, Joe, is that, yes, the situation was painful at this church. Yes, we had yeah. to leave. There was betrayal there. There was grief there. However, on the healing journey, you realized that that grief really just also pinged upon other griefs that you had before, other betrayals that were in your past. And if we're not careful, we'll be trying to heal the thing that we're currently grieving and we'll forget about all the other things that's attached to it and we'll only grieve at a surface level. And then we think, oh, boom, I'm good to go. And then you're or, not. Yeah, and all have a disproportionate response. Mm. A disproportionate response to a person in front of you Boy. because you're not just seeing the person in front of you, you're seeing the leader before them and before them and before them and before them. Come on. Then, but now you are louder, stronger, and that, and you've been making You didn't overreact it. You didn't overreact it, but it came loaded. Your grief was loaded. Yeah, and because grief is loaded. And, uh, and so I think one of the gifts was having someone to unpack the cases and i had a lot i i had a lot of baggage yeah and i and not and from church baggage as well and i i had to i had to have a space where i could say this is my life Mm. and and these are my disappointments and Uh. they are so deep i have no words for them anymore because i left my country i left my family i left my nephews they Mm. grew up without me we are, I'm from a collective culture. You don't, I, I, I don't need no, any Lone Ranger business. I'm mm-hmm. Nigerian. We <laughs> do things as a pack. I left my pack mm. and I came here and I to got serve. That trade. And, yeah. and the thing is, that meant that I had very high-end expectations as well because the, the sacrifice was so big to, to leave home. Mm. But, then that, but then, you know, to be honest, those people aren't responsible for my expectations. Oh. Because, do, do you know what I mean? They yep. are responsible for their actions, but they are not responsible for my expectations. People, and I had to discern the, the betrayal of betrayal of me and the betrayal of my expectations. Oh my goodness. People are responsible for their actions, but not your expectations. No. Oh they don't owe goodness. it. They don't owe me that. Honestly, they even I'm not saying they were they behaved in a healthy way, but they don't owe me the choices I made before the cross. They don't. Yeah. They they just don't. That's that is a very mature way to look at it, and I feel like I'm hoping my belief is that that's going to set somebody free, because I feel like there's going to be somebody listening and watching. There is someone listening and watching that's saying. Oh, but I expected you to show up in this way for me. I expected yeah. you to treat me in this way. And their healing journey hinges on their unmet expectations yeah. versus hinging on their ability to pick up their freaking bootstraps, get brave enough to press into the pain and deal with their stuff no matter what, no matter what was done to them. Yeah. You, you had to press into some pain. You had to go to counseling, yeah. do the hard work. And you could have been bitter and not done it and said, no, 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 this is what happened to me. I'm not about to go spend money on counseling, spend money on a therapist for t- to take care and mend the things that people did to me that caused me the pain. Mm-hmm. What made you do it anyway? Well, I want you to know I am very, very good at bitterness. I consider it. Um, <laughs> it's like a reverse gift. If anybody wanted mentoring on how to be bitter and how to judge, I probably have a masterclass that really. That's so funny. I am. I'm well rehearsed, but (laughs) I think there were there were there was a twofold thing. I had to. You have to take that sense of betrayal of your expectations somewhere. You do. 
Okay. I can't, I'm not going to do the toxic positivity stuff and say, oh, well, they're just your expectations. Let it go. I'm not letting it go. It's crafted I'm not letting it go. I'm not letting it go. But I did need to bring it to the cross. Do you know what I mean? And, mm. and I'm very specific. When I'm bringing it to Jesus, I'm bringing it to the foot of the cross because that's where I see sacrifice personified. That's where I see deliverance. That's where I oh, see rescue good. and salvation Woo. and where the, where the things that hold us captive are taken captive and where captivity is dismantled. And so it oh. wasn't just Jesus. I'm bringing it to Jesus, my friend. No, He is my friend. I'm not just bringing it to Jesus, my listener, on my run though he is my listener and everything I'm bringing it to the cross because he is all of those things and more. And he's the only one who can deal with the state of that, uh, of that piece, you know? So there was one part, one part of journeying through and, and saying every day, God, I'm still bitter I'm, because bitterness. Mm. But again, I tell you this because I know it. So well, I know it. It, it's, it's a toxin. So it takes a long time to leave you. It can take a long time to leave your system, depending mm. on what put it there. Oh, you're place. right. Come on. And that, um, and so it, I, it wasn't a matter of whether I was standing on the truth that set me free. I, I could stand on what I wanted. If I was bitter inside, that was standing with me. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was, that Had, was just standing on with your me. backpack. Just, hey, how y'all doing? Hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> standing on the truth. I hate you. you I hate you. <laughs> And um, I had, but I had to keep on coming to say, Lord, mm. I can't do this. Yeah. And then in the context of getting therapy to unpack, what was this say? What did I think this said about me? What did I think this said about God? What yeah. did I think this said about people? What, what, what was the wound? What was the anger? What was the bitterness? What was the frustration? I, I took a lot of long walks. I did a lot of running, partly because I'm a physical person. Yeah. I, there's a physicality to my yeah. walk with God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember running past the church one day because it was near where I lived and oh, running past Jesus. it. And I felt like the Lord say, Joe, you've got a choice. You can fight for this. You can fight. Mm. And you can just, you've got a good case. Legally, we had a good case. There were all kinds of things. We had a good case, blah, yeah. blah, blah. You can do all of these things. Or, mm, the or. or you can run on. Mm. Because, uh, and also, uh, you you can't, you know, you can, you, you can, you can go into this, but you're going to create stuff that wasn't, which was beyond even what you wanted. Is oh. this really what you want for your people? Is this mm. really what you wanted for people, even who you once loved? Is mm. this really what you want? No. Is this, is this who you want to become in this crisis? Is wow. this, is this the leader you want to be? Because it will name you, it will define your life if this is the angle you go. And whilst it's painful, yeah, agonizingly painful, and and let's let's be honest, it's agonizingly painful because of the deep vulnerability it leaves you with. Yeah, and oh the, and the helplessness and the sadness and the sorrow and frankly the loss of a job and all okay. and the <laughs> little finances again all, all the things all of those things yeah oh. and you and all of that to God and and so I remember running and thinking okay if I run forward I run with you Lord. If I run backwards, I'm running to take this thing on and I had to choose to run forward. All right. So some of you listening know about my past with marriage. I was in a really toxic marriage, very verbally abusive, and I got a divorce and I got remarried really quickly. And I got to tell you this, I really wish that I would have taken my time. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my man and we have an incredibly beautiful marriage. But if we had a little bit more time, I think we would have dived into some incredible resources. 
like the one I'm getting ready to tell you about. Countdown to Marriage is an online course created by Legacy Family Ministries, and it is the ultimate preparation for a meaningful and fulfilling marriage. Countdown to Marriage will help an engaged couple to connect and lay a solid foundation before declaring their vows. In this six-session course, Legacy Family Ministries walks couples through practical topics like communication styles, conflict management, sexual intimacy, shared finances, and even how to navigate relationships with in-laws. <laughs> Can I get an amen on that? The course is led by Byron and Carla Weathersby, who have spent nearly 30 years, you heard that right, 30 years preparing thousands of couples for marriage, including Chip and Joanna Gaines. The Countdown to Marriage course provides engaging training videos, actionable resources from each lesson, and really important discussion questions to get couples talking about what matters most. Now, if you are engaged to be married or you know someone who is, I want you to visit LegacyCountdown.com slash online and enter the code Ivy Media to save 25% off the cost of the course. Again, that's LegacyCountdown.com slash online and use Ivy, that's I-V-E-Y media at checkout to receive 25% off. Here's the deal. We need stronger marriages. We need marriages that will last through really hard things. And the only way for us to see that is to see couples living on the offense, not the defense, before they walk down the aisle, getting equipped with a solid foundation so that their marriage lasts. Check it out. Well, if you are a faithful listener of the Still Coloring Podcast and you listen to season one, then you've heard me share about an organization near and dear to my heart, Africa New Life. And you also know that I have been sponsoring a student named Sandrine Ishamwe since she captured my heart during a trip to Rwanda in 2019. Now, God has created an extraordinary transformation in Rwanda. Currently, more than 11,000 students are sponsored through Africa New Life confidently pursuing their education while being encouraged by local staff and gaining access to medical support and other care, all while learning about Jesus, y'all. As African New Life continues to support communities in Rwanda and disciple families, they really need more sponsors to come alongside students. These students and their families have faithfully prayed for a sponsor for a while now, trusting that God will provide. And we know that God will continue to work miracles in Rwanda and Listen, we have the incredible opportunity to be a part of this. Let's provide joy and hope to students in Rwanda by sponsoring their education. I have made it a personal goal for our still coloring family to sponsor 50 to 100 African New Life students. Listen, this isn't about numbers. We are talking about 50 to 100 individual students, individual families whose lives will be drastically changed. Listen, go to africanewlife.org forward slash Tony to see the students waiting for sponsorship right now. It will change their life and it will undoubtedly change yours. Again, that's africanewlife.org slash T-O-N-I. Let's hit our goal of 50 to 100 students and let's change the lives of 50 to 100 people and beyond. Oh my goodness. Okay, one of the things that you said in there, was, you know, what kind of leader do you want to be? And along with all the other things that you are, author, ready to rise your book, I love it, um, podcaster, speaker, you're also a leadership coach. I'm mm. interested in what type of leadership 
tips, tools, whatever this painful part of your story gave you? So many. Come on. So many. I think it reminded me. It it made me, it, it taught me about pride on one my own okay in the sense of i didn't think anything could go wrong oh in that environment that we loved it so much we enjoyed the people so much it was so wonderful and it's like was i listening to all that was happening to all that people Mm. were hearing was i taking it seriously i mean for me that's not on anybody else that's just me me before the lord was i paying attention had i got a bit slack on things had i just kind of yeah. Um, and then I think I've come to see with greater understanding, whilst I would have made different choices, mm. um, whilst I'd have made different choices, I understand how things like that grow. Mm. I think um when I think of the when I and I when I think of women in leadership specifically, I often talk about musical chairs mm. and how um musical chairs is a great game in the 80s when you're a kid and you and you've just got, you know. Michael Jackson in the background or Prince or whatever. That's right, you do. Donna and co. And you're just, it's a great game. There aren't enough chairs and you can nudge your way through and you can get your prize. The problem is I see it happening again and again in the context of women in leadership and opportunities Mm. and ministry, that there are multiple women who have a gift, a call, a word, a message they want to share. They've got um, things they're really excited about, passion, things that God given. Yeah. Four chairs. Four events, four opportunities. Mm. Well, who, how'd you pick them? Well, you run as fast as you can. You work harder, work harder, work harder to be seen, to see how swift you are. Work harder, oh. work harder. You're going to nudge someone out of the way. You're not going to nudge them by saying something bad about them, hopefully. You're just maybe nudging them by not saying anything good about them and not putting their name forward because it's easier because why? Because you're cool. Mm. So you keep them going, you keep them going, you keep them going. And, the prob- and, and so you're set up for co- competition. I don't know. I hear sometimes people say, wow. you know, women can be anti each other. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying that's not true. Yeah. I'm saying there's a bigger context where women aren't given the opportunities. Yeah. You're an, I know there's a God of abundance. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying when you have been given scarcity, you operate with the scarcity you've been given. Ooh. You do. Oh, my you goodness. Scarcity, and what? it makes you frightened and fearful and anxious and competitive and all that. Why? Because you've got to get fed. And because all these women running around these chairs have got bills to pay, parents to look after, kids to get through college. I get it. I get how we become this way. And but the problem is, is yeah. the room. There aren't enough chairs. It's the room, there's not enough chairs. And even though there's a God of abundance, that doesn't mean there's a conference of abundance and leader, male no, leaders of abundance. abundance. You know? That is really, really good. Okay. Here's what I love about you, Joe. I love that. Okay, there's something about you when I talk to you about like painful parts of my story where you just make me feel less alone. Like before this, we were talking about something and you're like, I know what that is. Like, I got you. I know what that is. I know what that feels like. I just wonder if there was someone listening right now, and I've asked this question to every single guest. If there was someone listening right now that's in a painful season, maybe we go with specific to say, that they've experienced church hurt. They've experienced some yeah. sort of betrayal in the church, in their organization, maybe even at their workplace. What would you say to them to make them feel less alone? The first thing I'd say is I'm sorry it happened to you. Hmm. I'm just really sorry that you, I'm sorry for the aloneness that you walked in it, the wrestle, hmm. the way it has has made everything harder. Because it does make everything, it can make everything harder. The way it's made money harder, the way it's hmm. made faith harder. The way, I mean, I, I'm. let me be candid, Tony. Even when I, it took me years to sit in churches without feeling on the verge of a panic attack. Oh, man. 
years, and I mean years, wow. to not start moving around and holding things tightly and writhing in the seat because I'm like, I don't know if I'm safe here. Mm. I don't feel safe here. I don't feel safe amongst these people here. And it wasn't about those people. It was the, the aftershocks of the past. Like PTSD the after- out here. Do you know Dang. what I mean? Of the, and, and, um, and I needed time and prayer and counsel and yeah. that to unpack all of those things to be able to basically do my job. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. My just to get up and uh, be your own self. <laughs> just to, um, and so for the, anybody who's in that pain, I want to say, I see you. And, but more importantly, I want to say God sees you. And mm. I don't say that blithely. And I know it's hard to hear because it's like, so where was God when so-and-so was doing this? Yeah. Because we entrusted so much of ourselves to a system which was built by human beings and is inevitably broken. Um, mm. I, I under, And so I get the conflict. And it's okay to wrestle. Jacob wrestled all night. Yep. And in many ways, when you look at his life, wrestled for years. Yeah. You know, it's okay to wrestle. It's okay to be angry one day and happy the next. It's okay mm. to feel like you're moving forward and then you suddenly think, how did I end up on my face again? Is this prayer or did I just trip up? I don't know anymore. I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell. I don't know what I'm doing. It's just, I'm just I here I am. what I'm doing. It's, it's okay. I understand when you look at someone doing stuff. Let me just be, let, let's be real candid for a second. Come on, I want to be candid. It's okay. And I, I, to say, I see you in those moments when you look and you see someone else doing it and say, I want to do that. I could have done that. Mm. I was better than them at that. It's hard. I'm not saying that that's the healthiest place for you to stay. Yeah. I'm just saying I get where you are today, mm. you know? And and, and okay for those for those the the people who have dealt with the musical who are who are dizzy from the musical chairs, I get that you look at people and think, mm. "I'm not sure about that one." <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure about that oh, one. No, like it, no. You know, they look at it's a little hard. Weird. It's hard to celebrate somebody else's gifts when you feel denied opportunities. I get that. I get that. It's hard to do that. It's under it's understandable. I'm not saying it's the healthiest place on your journey. And it's not, and I certainly don't think it's the end destination. Yeah. But if that's where you are today, there's no condemnation for you. No. no. There's no point chastising you and telling you to go to the back of the line because that's not going to help you either. Mm. And that, uh, but what I want to invite you to, come on. What I what what I want to invite you to is the next step. Mm. I want to invite you, you know, there's a reason why the book of Lamentations, I've been thinking about this. I was saying this to some people just the other day, that there's a whole book called Lamentations for a reason. And it's not so that we ignore it. Mm. No, we just snip out the bit about his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Yes. In a book of Lamentations. Yeah. A little speck compared, a small speck of joy. Right. And the beginning of that thing is that, that they're, that, you know, that they're bitter and they're feeling frustrated. And then, then it says, and this I call to mind. Mm. Um, and so I want to ask you what your next step is. Is your next step to cry? Mm. Is your next step to put the bottle down? Mm. Is your next step to make a doctor's appointment? Is your next step to, I mean, honestly, I had, when pandemonium happened, I thought time to, time to not drink anymore. Time to not. Listen, I did have some wine in the house. I said, I need to go ahead and stop getting wine in the house. Because I think you have to be aware of what our vices are. Yeah. In these moments, when That's you are real cool. vulnerable and you may not feel vulnerable, which probably means you're really vulnerable and you're, if you're real vulnerable, you, you want to know what your vices are. So maybe your next step is. Let me loosen the grip on the, the bottle. Vice. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh, get some advice about the vice. It might, it, it might be time. Um, and it may be that the next step is leave that job. 
leave that church. You mm. will not heal in the place that is beating you up emotionally, physically, and financially. Just go. I say that all the time. Yeah. You cannot go. heal the place that broke you in the first place. And that because and and there are others who are like, I, I'm staying online for a while. God knows. God knows. But I do want to invite each of you, who whoever you are, whatever your mm. journey is, to invite Jesus to come meet you right where you yeah. are. I, I want to invite. I want to invite you to do that. And then get yourself to that therapist, get yourself to that friend, get yourself to that process. Because mm. the other thing about this is the enemy would love us to stay down. 100%. He loves it. And your gifts and your abilities and your calling is is worthy of that redemption story. This is a horrible chapter. This is a horrible chapter. It sucks. It's disgusting. <laughs> Don't love it. But about them broken crayons, they're still for the next chapters. Oh. It's, it's because more chapters are coming. So can we can we that. pick up those pieces, please? And yeah. and it you may not get there as fast as you like. Yeah, you know, you, it may take longer than you'd prefer. Um, or some of you are like I, I burnt my crowns. It's okay. I he's got more. The, it's okay. It's more in the box. It's okay. He's got 60, more. But let's get that redemption. Let's press on to take hold yeah. of that for which take hold of us. And and when I say press on, I'm not saying use your best efforts or energy. Just invite him in. Invite him and say I'm on. I'm on the floor. I can't get up. I need your help. Mm. Okay, I'm going to do Sundays. That's just good. I, first of all, you preaching out here, Joe. Okay? You're preaching out here. <laughs> I'm going to do something to end us off that's selfless. Okay? As much as I would love you all to myself, okay? One, <laughs> all of y'all listening just now, all y'all listening just now just got about, what, 35 minutes of free leadership coaching. Okay? You're welcome. Okay, thank you. This is why I invited Joe Saxon. However, if you want to go deeper, I want to talk a little bit, Joe, as we end about Azer Collective. For a woman that's listening, for a man that's listening that knows a woman, there's a woman in your life, trust me. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about what's coming up. Uh, if you're listening to this in 2023, when it comes out, uh, February 17th and 18th, um, I'm excited because, Joe, you are hitting the road and you've got Azer Collective on the road. I just want you to talk a little bit about what it is, how people can sign up. Yeah. yeah. Mm, wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. So Azer Collective is a leadership intensive for Christian women leaders. Now, you might be leading in churches you might be leading in the corporate space a business a business woman you might be an entrepreneur you might be a creative you might be leading you might say my primary space of leadership is in the context of my home and family i'm running some homeschool operative i'm a volunteer in that yep. space all of you all of you oh. and and the reason why um i i want to gather is because we are very good at investing in everybody else yep. and ourselves. we are very good even at developing other people's needs and not developing this gift this mm. call within us. When was the last time you paid attention to this gift in its raw form and said, Lord, you know, those of us in the corporate space, maybe we've had lots of training things, but we've not had a place to mm. integrate. That's good. Which is that this is where this fits into your kingdom mission. There you are at church on the outside thinking, I I'm here. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there's a, an affirmation for the work you're doing out there. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Most of the people in the Bible had jobs. Anyway. So most I mean, they of the did. people in the Bible had jobs. I mean, they did. He they did. went to the boat. They was fishermen's. <laughs> okay. Anyways. But I, I, and so that's that. And the, the reason why I wanted to put almost to gather is a rich is it's a gathering where you retreat to advance. It's yeah. designed to be catalyst for you leading in the spaces you're already in. It's called Aza collective because the word Aza in the Hebrew is the word that is commonly translated helper in Genesis two. And we have sometimes seen that word as a backup plan word. 
when actually it means to rescue that oh i will make a suitable helper that helper suitable we've seen it as a backup plan or a supportive plan and it and it, it encompasses those yeah but the word in the hebrew means to rescue and to save and to be strong boom it, it means someone with the resources and the power to help we see it most often in the bible when you're unsure of a word in the bible see where else it shows and when you see it, every time it shows, it's God. Well, no, 16 of the 21 times it shows, it's God delivering his people from his enemies. That is not a backup plan. That no. is, and as an image bearer, pay attention to what God's definition of help looks like. So um, it's also a verb as well as a noun, meaning protect, surround, defend, and cherish. And so what I'm, what, and we call it collective because we rise together because mm. we are not, we are not going to play musical chairs. We are going to stand up and celebrate you, not tolerate you, nor tokenize you. We are going to cultivate you. We are not going to do this thing where you are not equipped for your calling. We are going to, and we are, and you know what we're also going to do? We're going to network you with other leaders. Why? Because according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics, 85% of jobs are found through networking. 85. Oh yeah. Monster.com don't work no more. LinkedIn barely hanging on scraggly. Okay. It's who you know. And I want you to know other people and to learn how, and learn the safe ways. Maybe you're like, I hate networking. That's fine. We'll teach you. We will teach you so that you can feel like your godly full self and do it anyway. Um, do you know what I mean? For you, I do know what you mean. People coming after you. And so the whole, it's a, it's just a couple of days. We don't have much time because you are a busy, empowered and empowering um, God-fearing woman. So we're going to use your time well. We're going to use your time well, invest in you, you, um, and oh then help you connect with other leaders there. Wow. Help you heal help you give you some practical tools and let you go and do your thing as well, you were designed. Well, you heard it here, folks. Okay. JoeSaxton.com go. I, here's what's great. I, I'm not pushing this naively. I've been to Azer Collective. I sat in the seats, listened to Joe and all of her other friends that she invites that you have to listen to. Um, and I grew from it again. Like, Knowing you, Joe, has has just strengthened me in ways that I didn't even know I needed. I was just out here bopping around on the glass ceilings, didn't even know they was up there. I was like, la, 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 getting all the opportunities. Just, just bopping around, living my best life. And there's a whole other world. I told you that, I mean, when I sat down with other women at the collective when we had these tables and I'm hearing all these stories of missed opportunities and this doggy dog society of like women leaders. I'm like, dang, I didn't even, know, I didn't even know that mug existed. And then what happens with your ignorance is that you start causing pain to other people, not even knowing it. And oh. so now I'm oh. walking into rooms and conferences and churches and I'm like, who can I bring along? Who, yeah. who was I blind to before? What yeah. strategies was I blind to before? How, how was I totally blind to the musical chairs that was freaking happening? and how can I see them now and do something about it and so yeah. I just want to encourage the people listening get your life together I know there's not a lot of seats I know that for sure so you're gonna have to just yeah. run not walk okay Joe to end us off can you pray for us oh gosh yes okay, okay. thank you okay Lord I want to thank you for every listener every watcher and Lord you know their story you know the years that have been stolen you know the things that have been crushed. You know the pain of betrayal. Lord, the, the pain of betrayal in the context of work, the pain of betrayal in the context of family and closeness. Lord, you know how our heart gets broken by those things. You know the pain of betrayal and violation in church hurt as well. And Lord, we thank you that you're a redeemer. Yes, Lord, we thank you that your word promises, uh, promise to God's people that you would restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Mm. Lord, where... Um, where people have been devoured, consumed, overrun, 
completely annihilated by these these kind of pains, these kinds of job um, things and dysfunctions and breakdowns and stuff. Lord, would you restore? Would you make them whole? Would you make them safe? Would you um, bring an end? Lord, where there are nightmares and panic attacks, would you bring peace? Where there is lost income, would you bring new jobs? Where there is lost opportunities, would you bring new opportunities? Where there's simply sadness, Lord, would you bring, would you wipe the tears and bring a new day? Mm. And Lord, we do proclaim, even in the midst of the, the lament, Lord, that your steadfast love never ceases and your mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. And great, Lord, is your faithfulness. We thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here, Joe. Yay. Thank you for having me. Bye, y'all. Hey, I just want to thank you so much for listening to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am so absolutely grateful to hold the stories of brokenness that we get to share with you and the honor that it is to point you to both resources and ultimately to our source, Jesus Christ. If you can't get enough of the show, we'd love for you to leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts and spread the word. If you've got someone in your life who you think would benefit from this show, don't keep it from them. And if Instagram is your thing, I want you to meet me there at Tony J. Collier. I'm a little wild, so buckle up. We'll see you next time as we all lean into the stories that help us claim hope and grit over our own lives. See you soon. The Still Coloring Podcast is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. It's produced and edited by Angie Elkins. The music is by Sam Collier of A Greater Story. Artwork is done by Natalie Maxey of Nueva Creative. The show notes are by Allie Young of Wild Young 3. And I am your host, Tony Collier. And I want to remind you that you can heal and find hope and grit right in the middle of it.